Thank you for checking out this episode of Christianity Still Makes Sense with Dr. Bobby Conway. This is a portion of a sermon delivered at Image Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. To hear the full message, head over to imagechurch.live and click watch. Hope you enjoy. In 2003, Casting Crowns uh, released a song, If We Are the Body, and it's a beautiful song, and it talks about what it means to be the body of Christ. And it's metaphorical language that if you've never heard the church referred to the body, it's basically trying to use language that we are a new humanity in Christ. We discover who we were created to be in Christ. And so Jesus is the head of the body metaphor, and we are members of the body. And we're called out into a new humanity to reflect our head, Jesus. And what that means then, if we're part of the body of Christ, is that he is our moral exemplar and he's our service exemplar. We model serving after him and we model our character after him and we model loving others after him and there's so much to be drawn on. But unfortunately, sometimes the body of Christ forgets its new humanity calling. It lives as if it's part of the old human nature that they came into the world and forget that they were transformed. And so when we think about these lyrics, here's a few of them from this 2003 hit, If We Are the Body, that was written by the frontrunner, Mark Hall. If we are the body, why aren't his arms reaching? If we aren't his hands, or I guess I would say if we are his hands, uh, why aren't his words teaching? And if we are the body, why aren't his... Uh, Let's go back. I feel like I've kind of really butchered this here. Um, it's, it's the egg, folks, you know. Now, what I do, though, is to counter the, the, the massive yoking that I get in the morning, it's like I come through that, the yoking effect, and then I pop an ADD pill, and then I boil a bunch of espresso, and then that becomes my cocktail to help me enter the world. Okay, so here I am, still stuck in the yoke. Now, uh, some of you are thinking, so you take ADD medicine and you're a pastor. Well, brother and sister, if I don't take ADD medicine, you think we're off to a bad start right now. It'd be really bad. All right. So if we are the body, why aren't his arms reaching? Why aren't his hands healing? Why aren't his words teaching? And if we are the body, why aren't his feet going? Why is his love not showing them there is a way? Everybody say, well done, Pastor B. Yeah, that, that was good, right? He, he read it effectively there. Uh, Mark Hall says, the, again, the front runner, if we are the body addresses a problem I've seen in churches all over, that churches are a lot like a circle. Circles are great if you are in the circle, but most people find themselves outside that circle for whatever reason. There's not a sign on the door, but you get the feeling they've got everybody they need. 
You're welcome to come, but you're not really ever going to be a part of the circle. And that's certainly not what the Bible teaches. And what we want to say here at Image Church is we want you in the circle. We're not trying to create a boundary. Now, sometimes people feel like they're not a part, but they don't make an effort. They want everybody to kind of like reel them in, but realize that every time we say, hey, the, the pastoral team would like to meet you, or we've got a group, or we have this going on, or we would love for you to check out this, it's our way of saying, come into the circle. But sometimes people, they leave churches, they never even step into the circle, but they say that they were never invited into the circle. So you got to kind of show up uh, to be a part of the circle. It takes some effort, right, to be a part of the body of Christ. But what we want to communicate is the circle is always available for you to step into. In fact, some of the people with their um, you know, taglines, their handles, said this in relating to the song. I love this song. I agree with it completely. I've been to a lot of different churches where I just didn't feel welcome whatsoever. That's why I ended up in the church I'm in, because people opened up to me and made me feel like I belonged. That was from Sheba or uh, LBA, eight. All right. And It's a Doozy had this to say. Uh, I think Sheba L8 is a doozy, but It's a Doozy had this to say. My church that I grew up in had uh, cliques, and it really felt uncomfortable and felt really uncomfortable. The church I am at now, it's like 180, right? Now, keep in mind, the spelling of these folks is not always like the most proper. I, I even had to do a little bit of grammatical work, and I could have done more, but then I felt like, uh, but all it takes is a simple introduction to make a person feel at home. It won't kill you. And that's true. May we be the kind of church that recognizes uh, different people. There is a sense, especially if you're introverted, that you can get shy. And sometimes what can happen is, is an extrovert can sit next to an introvert and think that the introvert is mean or is unfriendly, but really the introvert's just shy. And so there's lots of different dynamics that are going on, and it's amazing how many judgments we make about each other, right? Uh, and I think sometimes we just need to give each other the benefit of the doubt. Now, Sing Me Sweet had this to say. I really love the lyrics for this song. How often do people judge others who come to their church or judge other Christians because they have beliefs slightly different from theirs? We are all brothers and sisters in Christ, and we must stand together or perish. So I like this song, and I want to say to you at Image Church how thankful I am to be a part of a welcoming community. You are the body of Christ. And as I've said many times before, uh, being a Christian for 30 years, I've never been a part of a body that I've loved so much, that I felt was so welcoming and so loving and so authentic. In fact, your hands are reaching and your smile touches people and your heart is big. And it just excites me to think about who you are as a people so much so that I want more people to know who you are. In fact, I shared a couple weeks ago, and I have permission to share this story uh, from our new friend at Image Church named Nella. And I was teaching, and I'll share the story again because some of you might not have heard it last week, but as I was teaching on head coverings a couple weeks ago, uh, 
I said, as we came across this passage, now if you're new to church and you're like, uh, dude, what are you talking about head coverings for? Well, there's this passage in this book called 1 Corinthians in chapter 11, and it gets into some head covering language. And it's really a cultural uh, kind of custom that was important to wear head coverings in the church and even outside the church in the Corinthian culture. It, it was a sign of just modesty, and it, and it was basically something that was valued in that culture. And so as I was teaching this Bible passage a few weeks back, I thought, boy, this is going to be really boring. And what are people going to think of this passage? And it was like, maybe I should just skip the passage on head coverings today, you know. But being a person that wants to take all of God's word, teach all of it, and believe that it's true and apply it, we went with it. And so I titled the message, Hats Off. Well, as I was telling you, I said, man, this might be kind of boring. Well, a lady was going to go work out at the gym here, but the gym happened to be closed. So she heard some noise going on. So she walked down here and took a seat in the back. And all of a sudden, she felt she was right where she needed to be. And at the end of service, I got a chance to meet her and she shared her story. I mean, she was weeping. She was touched as people were reaching out to her. And she shared how she had spent 20 years being a Muslim, spent uh, many years living in Saudi Arabia, and she had recently left Islam, and this was the message she needed to hear as one who lived with her hat on, that the hat could come off. And so what ended up happening is she came to the women's Bible study that meets at our house, and uh, she says to uh, Gerald, why Gerald's teaching, uh, are you anointed? And Gerald said, well, she says, of course I'm anointed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Which, by the way, Gerald, our condolences to you. Uh, we love you so much. Gerald lost her father and the funeral is yesterday. We love you so much, sister. And uh, Gerald shared about that. But what Nella was experiencing was the Holy Spirit. And the women that were there said that, man, it, the Spirit of God was working. So then Nella comes to church last week, and at the end of the service, there's Dio and my wife, and they said, Nella wants to get saved. And at the end of the service last week, right? Nella in the house, there she is. So you all, you all welcome Nella, right? Yeah. She's part of the body of Christ and God plucked her out of Islam and she thought she was going to a gym. She ended up in a church service with a title of a message called Hats Off when she spent 20 years with the hats on, the hajib, and she learned that she could take the hat off, walk in the gospel of grace, and last week she placed her faith in Jesus. And when we're done, she says, so now I'm a Christian? We said, yes. So Heather and I went out to, for coffee with her on Friday and met with her. And she's already been in the Bible reading. And then as worship's happening, I look over at her. And here's this new convert with her hands in the air, worshiping Jesus. Not bad. Welcome to the community, Nella. So the Lord's at work, and I am so excited for those kind of stories. 
we should be encouraged and we want to be a gospel-oriented church, but we should also realize that you can be in the most random of passages. And, well, Brian Luritz is calling me right now. Let me just take this for him and talk to him right now. Uh, he's a, this is one of my best buddies. Give me a call. Dude, I, you know, I should have picked it up and said, you know, because he's, he's on the board of directors. I should be like, do you have a message for Image or what, bro? What was I saying? <laughs> well, anyway, it's just encouraging that you can teach on any passage and God can make it relevant. And so if you're a guest with us today, we hope you feel welcome. And I invite you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to look at verses 12 to 31. And we're going to just consider what it means if we are the body. What does that entail? If we're the body of Christ, what does that mean? What does that look like? What kind of people are we called to be as God's new humanity in the world that we're living in? Uh, What does it mean that God invites you to be a part of his body? Uh, Because there is a way to become a part of that body, and it's through believing in Jesus, through doing what Nella did, saying, I want you to be the head of my life. I want you to be the leader of my life. And so we pick up in this series that we're going through, and if you don't have a Bible, you can just jump on Google, and you can type in 1 Corinthians 12, and then you can just put in ESV, because it's the English Standard Version that I'm teaching from, and it'll pop right up for you. So we pick up. And the first point I want to draw out is this. If we are the body, we will value unity and diversity. And so look, it says in verse 12, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ, right? So that is a very powerful point. First off, Paul's drawing on the illustration of the human body. And he's saying, just as we value, value you know, all the body parts, yet the body's one. And so too, the church is the body of Christ, but there's many members, there's many people who are a part of it. And what Paul's getting at is it's not just the pastoral staff that uses their gifts. If we're the body, we all are to contribute. We all play a valuable part in what it means to be the body of Christ. And then we keep reading, for in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Now, what does that mean, to be baptized into one body? There's dry baptism in the the Bible, and there's wet baptism. This is a dry baptism right here. And what it means is that the Spirit of God takes us when we believe in Jesus. Because the Holy Spirit is sent to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And when we follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit, right? That was what Nella was doing. She was sensing the Holy Spirit was at work. And she followed the promptings because what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit points people to Jesus. The Holy Spirit was pointing Nella to Jesus. Look to Jesus, Nella. Look to Jesus. And so she responds to Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit takes Nella and takes a believer and baptizes them into the body of Christ. The word baptism can mean to dip, immerse, plunge, or put into. 
So when we believe in Jesus, we're put into the body of Christ. It's dry. Water baptism is when we show outwardly what took place inwardly, when we demonstrate that in a public profession of faith. And so here, what we learn is the Spirit takes us and places us into the body. So if you are a believer in Jesus, then you're part of the body of Christ. Now, this body is comprised, right, of Jews and Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So regardless of our what? Of our ethnicity, Jew or Greek, or our socioeconomic class, slave or free, we're all one. And the body of Christ is to be diverse. And so what you see then is diversity and unity. And that's got to be a part of a church. Some churches focus so much on unity, but they're scared of diversity. So what they end up doing is they're scared of diversity. So they have a superficial unity, but really it's just clickbait. It's just a group of people in its sameness where everybody just knows how to get together and they all think the same. But at Image Church, we want to value a diversity of backgrounds and opinions. And we come together to look to Jesus, to look to the word, to grow together. And we listen to one another. And so there's diversity and unity. And we grow. And so we remember when we're struggling with conflicts and we're struggling with challenges, that's part of what it means because we're diverse. We see the world differently, but we remember our unifying principle and it's Jesus himself. And so think about the, the term e pluribus unum, right? It's on our dollar bill. It's on the seal of the United States, right? It's a part of our seal. Out of the many, one, e pluribus unum, out of the many, one. And that was referring to the early 13 colonies or the United States, e pluribus uni, uni, uh, unum, out of the many, one. And so the body of Christ, many members, one body. Now, a member uh, today is unfortunately thought of as like, oh, I went to some class and signed some document. But it's so much bigger than that. It's a collective part that is called into this new humanity to be on mission with a local expression of the church in the community. So together, we're a part of a local church and the purpose for which we're here is for out there. Like we exist not for ourselves. We're here to grow, to, to turn the light on so that we can make a difference in the community that we live in. If we're just here for this one hour moment a week and that's all church is, we're totally missing the point of what the church is. We're not being light. We're not being a city on a hill. We're not making a difference in the community. We are meant to metastasize. We are meant to spread out. We are meant to reach people with God's love. Like Nella's story needs to be told, right? Like, like people need to know that their sins can be forgiven. She says, I feel so much lighter. 
the gospel will do that, right? She was coming to church last week and she said, I kind of didn't know, was I supposed to do a special washing before I came in? Am I dressed okay? You can just see her background coming out. And what a story. But if we're the body, we're gonna value unity and diversity. And unfortunately though, we had someone come to church a couple weeks ago and they've been coming still. And they said, boy, when we saw the word diversity on your website, I, I'm not gonna lie, it made me a little bit nervous. Well, why is that? Because of all the DEI stuff going on in our culture, the woke terminology. And isn't that sad that you get woke terminology rooted in critical race theory and critical theories that basically hijack good biblical language? Because that is not a recipe of redemption. Basically, it's just going to reverse the problem. It's going to flip uh, certain things and it's gonna create new oppressions. That's not the Jesus way, right? But things like a rainbow or diversity, that sometimes these type of things can get hijacked in culture and, and, and we have to stick to what the Bible would have to say about these things. And so there can be, um, so we can value the fact that, 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 that of what it means for uh, DEI, like we could say, yeah, well, we want diversity and we want inclusivity and, and you know, we, we, but, but what does that mean? Because it can often mean, uh, well, we want to be diverse in so far as, like, so sometimes the church can be looked at as, okay, you're not really inclusive, but the same thing could be said on the flip, right? You're not inclusive if you don't buy into this agenda hook, line, and sinker. And the, and, and the matter is, is not, am I right or you're wrong? It's as Christians, what would the Bible lead us to understand and to believe and how do we be faithful to that? And so as the body, we value unity and diversity, but we want the right kind of unity and we want the right kind of diversity. And as Christians, we're striving for a biblical unity and a biblical diversity. Secondly, if we are the body, we will recognize the inestimable part or the inestimable worth of each part. So let's keep reading in verse 14. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? That was kind of fun. Verse 18. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. Oh, God sovereignly uh, assigns to us the gifts that he gives to us. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. So we're not meant to begrudge other people's gifts that we don't have, nor are we to begrudge the gift that we have. But we're to realize that God gifts the body as he chooses. And when you become part of the body of Christ, God doesn't just save you into this new humanity in order to get you to heaven. And some people look at Christianity like that. They see their journey as one, I believe in Jesus, therefore I'm going to heaven. But they don't think about, oh, I believe in Jesus, therefore, what is God's purpose for my life? 
They think, I believe in Jesus, therefore I have eternal life. But if we believe in Jesus, the therefore should be, what is my purpose in this life? Like we're created for a purpose right here and right now. And we need to recognize this value that each part plays. And we don't want to esteem like certain parts as more valuable than others because all parts of the body make up the body. And so you wouldn't like walk off and go, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm, kind, of, I'm kind of tired of my index finger. You know, it's really getting on my nerves lately and I'm just done with it. <laughs> right? Like you wouldn't do that, right? <laughs> you you, you want to keep the, the index finger in place. And, and, and similarly, uh, we all are to be contributors to the body of Christ. Unfortunately, the church is often just diseased with a consumer mindset. We're consumers, not contributors. Thank you for checking out this episode of Christianity Still Makes Sense. This show is just one of the many resources available to those who are doubting their Christian faith. You can also find others at ChristianityStillMakesSense.com. This is a listener-supported show, and your gift of any amount helps shows like this continue. Click on the donate link on our website. Also, catch Bobby on Pastor's Perspective, where he answers your questions. Finally, if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to click subscribe and check out our other videos on the channel. This show is sponsored by K-Wave and Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa.